Parole Podcasts with your host Alexandre Yamoyaboyi. Welcome back to a new episode that takes us in Uganda, the UK, then the rest of the world. Take a second to think about what you know about Uganda. I do hope you know the capital. If so, move from the others and get to learn more about the country. If you're like me, you're aware of Entebbe Airport because at some point in time, I had a layover there. I know the name of the president and where the country is located because it is near my home country, Burundi. Have you heard of Lake Victoria, named after Queen Victoria, after Britain documented it? But I'll use one of the local languages, Lake Nyanza, in Kirundi, Kenya Rwanda, and I'll attempt to share my knowledge of Luganda another time. This episode, I'm happy to share with you the story of Amit Ibrahim, from his normal life back in Kampala to co-founding an entertainment company alongside Tolu and Fikayo, Kugali Media focuses, and I quote, telling stories inspired by African culture using comic books, art, and augmented reality. He has worked on projects such as The Predators and The Lion King. Oh, also, Kugali Media signed a deal with Disney back in 2020 to produce animated series coming this year. With everything happening right now at Disney, I bet they need more African storytellers to help them focus on what they do best, telling stories and not meddling in politics. If you want to learn more about the company, check the website kugali.com. They are also present on social media. Power Podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as a reminder, if you'd like to help, you're more than welcome to do so on Patreon. All the links on the show notes. As for me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn, where I plan to become a LinkedIn influencer because Instagram and Twitter are already taken. Enjoy. Power Podcast, and today I am in London. And today I am glad to talk about movies and scripts and Marvel movies and more and more. And the person behind those things who created, co-founded actually a company, a media company. Let's see if the guests will understand if Africans can draw, can write scripts, can do things. And uh, with that, I have Ahmed. Do I say Ahmed or Ahmed? Hamid. Hamid, Hamid Ibrahim. All right. Uh, before we get into that, I think you're the first guest, I think, who is on and who is at the same time on IMDb, right? For the, uh, yes. Uh, for the movie buffs, I mean, I have no idea where, where else to go if it is not IMDb. So the day you see me on IMDb, I think my goal will go up like big time. I'm just saying. I think, yeah. But hey, anyway, this is about work, hard work. So, I mean, who are you? Let's just start with the beginning. Who are you and why do you think you are on Power Podcast as an African? My name is Hamid Ibrahim. I'm one of the co-founders of Kugali, there's three of us. I'm personally from Uganda. I was born and raised in Uganda. Born, in, born and raised in Uganda half. Uh, the other half raised in Kenya. So I spent my first years in Kenya, then Uganda. Then I've spent the last... 10 years now in the UK. Uh, as a career, I started off my career, funny enough, is I like to take it all the way back. I started off as a portrait artist. That's when I was still in college. I used to do that and money. Oh. Then went into concept art, then 3D modeling. That's when I started it professionally. And then after that, I went into the visual effects field. The first year of my career in the real world, that's after uni, I like to call it the real world. 
I worked on a few uh, visual effects films. By then, my only goal was working on any big Hollywood film, right? That was a goal, that was a dream. So the first job I ever got outside uni was actually working on adverts. I worked on a few nice adverts. Uh, one of them was a League of Legends one. Uh, that's one on which was like notable, I think. And then after that, I went to work in a company called MPC. MPC focuses on creating visual effects for big films. And obviously, the reason I worked, the reason I went to do MPC was because I knew they were going to work on the remake of The Lion King. And that was my childhood favorite dream. So I pretty much targeted my whole third year of uni to get into them. That's the only job I applied for out of uni, which was crazy to think about. This is amazing. Exactly. So I got that uh, in my years in MPC. It was about a year and a few months. I worked on the first film. I'll, I'll do them in order. The first film I worked on was The Darkest Minds. If you've read the books, you know the film, you love it. If you've not read the books, you have no idea what that is. <laughs> uh, the next one is Predator, which came out in 2018. Then after that, I think I worked next was, I think, Lion King after Predator, and then after working on the Lion King, that one, that's one of the best days of my life. I could not even, on the way home, I almost got hit by a car in Soho because I was just smiling. I was pretty much delirious the whole day home. <laughs> uh, so after Lion King, I think I worked on, I think Dumbo, and then Dr. Yeah. Doolittle, or Lion King and Dumbo, they might be swapped around. I think it was, yeah, yeah. Predator, then Dumbo, then Lion King, then Dr. Doolittle. That order, but I know Dr. Doolittle was the last one, and Dr. Smith was the first one. So that was like my first stage of my career. And then I quit that job, giving my mom a heart attack and pursue the goal of trying to elevate African storytelling, African visual storytelling. And the thing that motivated me to getting into that was I realized that our best efforts back home were not world class. In other words, if somebody was to name their top 20 favorite animations, it's very rare any of them name an African animation. And I realized that I'm out here in this side working on it because Leon King literally ushered the new era of like visual visual entertainment, right? Like they pushed the script. And I was out here working in the cutting edge of visual entertainment, but back home our best efforts are not even, they are competing with university students and that bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I did quit my favorite job, my, my job of my dreams literally to pursue this. I would call it a passion, it was more of our, let me give something back. I got mine, which was working in the big film, let me try and give back to Africa where I'm from. And that's when founded Kugali with a few friends, as I mentioned earlier on, and from then, Kugali has grown to do some incredible things. So we became the first, we launched the first ever African comic book anthology. That was pretty dope. And then obviously BBC got a whiff of that. And then from the BBC interview, uh, someone called out Disney, someone over here called out Disney. And they saw that, they reached out to us, which was a crazy day as well. And then that's currently what happened with, the, as you guys know, the Waju series coming up. It came from that call out I did of them. And then we did a few pictures for them. They absolutely loved it. That was another favorite day of my life because I couldn't believe it. It's like, if you think about being a kid who grew up mostly in Africa, right? And then the chief creative officer of the biggest animation studio in history is blown away by your pitch. That is some big, my ego was, you couldn't tell me anything that week. I was over the clouds. Short summary of me and my life story. My ego is not going to tell me anything that week. That's a great one. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy because at the same time, I I, I mean, I, like you, there's some things that I grew up watching or living through, you know, TV, then living them live. I don't care if you're 30. I don't care if you're 20 or 60. It takes you back home, like to that place where you're like, I will never have thought like this will ever, ever happen. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy times. Uh, I'll just give you a, a quick example of a, a guest a friend that I interviewed Brendan one who mm-hmm. super, still young right and he <laughs> he's doing a PhD at Oxford University at a small but doing something in AI and something 
And then he reminded me that he he started coding on Microsoft. You know, when you're like using Windows, let me just say one, like the first, first, first edition. <laughs> and then fast forward two years later, uh -huh. working for Microsoft. Like yeah. the concept of just like my name and Microsoft is on the same contract. And then later on Google, you just realize that when you dream, you, you, I don't know if you even believe in your dreams. I, honestly, I think at some point you just say things to your parents and friends are like, I mean, yes, you're going to draw. Hey, yes, you're going to work with you. Oh, sure. You're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Take me back to, to Uganda, to Kigali. How's your Kiswadi, by the way, before I go on? Uh, so I am in Zuri, like it's in Zuri Sana. So it's not too bad, not too good. So when I speak it, it sounds good, but it's almost, I forget a bunch of words. Okay. I speak Kinubi as well, like my tribe generally in Uganda. Oh, okay. So I speak Kinubi and when I was in Uganda, my Swahili used to be better because most people I used to live with used to speak Swahili, right? And I then- totally forgot that Uganda, they speak Swahili all the time. Yeah, yeah there's a few, true. not that many, but there's a yep. few. But when I came to UK, because my mom mostly speaks Kinubi and I, I was pretty much living uh -huh. with my mom when I came here. So now my Swahili went down, my Kinubi went up. So it's like a weird okay. I don't know which one I'm happy about. Okay. <laughs> so let's let just imagine the moment I'll come and live in London for some reason. Mm -hmm. I want to start speaking Swahili. So you'll be on my band because my Swahili is so, so low at this point. Yeah. And I need to keep it up. But anyway, take me back to your childhood, to back home. Mm -hmm. Who were you? What kind of gifts did you have? I think it's one of the things where, I don't know if it was a gift, right? Because... This guy sound very weird, but this is a theory I contemplated, right? Uh, as a creative. So uh -huh. I had this thought that, could it be possible that, have you watched any of those time travel films where somebody goes to affect their past to make a future, right? So I was like, is it possible somebody do that? Because there are a few things that happen accidentally, but the timings are so spot on that led me to where I am. Like everything which is absolutely unique about me today, it started from a place which was by accident. Like if I was like a second behind time or a second ahead of time, I would have probably missed it. I'll give you the first one, right? Because the thing that got me to love animation was Lion King. I was dozing off when I was watching it originally when I was a kid. And then they spoke Swahili and that caught me and I was like, oh, that what? Because when you hear something, you're like, was I dreaming that? Then you hear it again and like, wait, wait, they actually, they actually say Swahili. Then, because then I was in Kenya then. And that blew my mind, right? And that made me fall in love with animation. Because at first it was just like cartoons, right? I, was, I never really thought kind of thing, it was just cartoons. Yeah. And then a more crazy one was now uh, Mona Lisa and Leonardo da Vinci, right? If you look at any of my phones, uh, that one is charging and recording, the other one is probably in the bedroom, right? <laughs> my wallpaper is always Mona Lisa. And that's because that's the image that got me into art itself. And the way I found that image was, there used to be a series called Home and Away when I was like really young, right? So the, the, the aunties and everything used to love it, but my mom used to love it. Isn't this like Australian thing? I have no idea. It may, be, it may sounds... be a different one, right? But it's okay. an old one. It's like one of oh. those. Just <laughs> one something. I, I think it's coming away. I might have just been fixing it together. Because really, I was under 10 years old. This memory is from before 10 years old. I know they are watching it. I know I'm gonna supposed to come watch it. I'm supposed to come watch cartoons after they finish it. It wasn't the time that it's finished, but I was like, you know what? Let me just come and sit here and just so I can have the remote first. Because I used to live with one of my cousins, right? I was like, I really want to watch this thing that comes after. But I go into the room and an advert popped up. I know it's for a water company. I tried to find the advert. I cannot find it. But all I know is in some place in the, in the advert, he went, Mona Lisa, much more than just art. And that really is what set off my spiral of looking into, because the image captured me. And I went to research with our internet the back then, which 30 minutes pulls up like 10 images. I researched Mona Lisa, I researched, and I go into Da Vinci. And if not, how incredible Da Vinci is. 
that's the first thing that kind of opened up my mind and almost my whole life philosophy is based on that so it literally means if i just went by my day normal i don't think i'd have been an artist you know you see how crazy that is it's just like little milliseconds of accidents here and there like if i dozed off there i don't have that so probably i would have got the animation and on this side here which is even before that one the mona lisa one literally if i just went by my death i kept playing with my toys I would have even been an artist so it's that thing i'm like it's crazy isn't it it's like is crazy such a small it thing change yeah. everything and what did you know about i mean you didn't know much how did you get to discover again I, i'm not trying to dismiss africa because i learned about da vinci and you know the Mona Lisa while I was in Africa, mm-hmm. but how did you, you know, make up your mind and be like, I want to know more? And where do you find the resources? Because this is one of those struggles yeah. back then, maybe in not now. Yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> so back then, because I saw the advert, I had the name of the thing. It was Mona Lisa, right? And then those be an internet cafe you'd go to. Yeah, okay. I don't know how much you'd pay, but a lot, out, and then you do that, right? I can't remember it anymore. But all I knew is my break money. I was like, because I used to go there just to download some things right i'll just go there like maybe once a week <laughs> this week i was like you know what i'm gonna go to mona lisa so i went i downloaded it and i looked at it and i was like this image is amazing somebody drew this which if you think about it doesn't because back home you don't really see art and you, when you see it you don't really think people drew it right like when you're like because i'm sure i was around maybe eight no this was in kenya actually i was younger than this this was maybe seven years old around there, right? You don't, you don't really contemplate art and stuff like that, like yeah. who drew this, right? But that, that thing of like seeing it and seeing that somebody actually drew this, I was like, maybe I can draw this. And then you look through uh, Da Vinci's philosophy and pretty much how incredible he is as a person. He's pretty much, if you look at Da Vinci, right? You're like, is this really one person? Or did he have like a twin brother or something? <laughs> like it's so yeah. much he accomplished. He has thousands of lives. <laughs> exactly, right? And that really opened up the world for me. So at the Internet Cafe, I just searched my list and I was like, oh, who made this? And I saw Da Vinci, I was like, what? They actually drew these things. Then I saw his other works and it was incredible. Then I saw he was an engineer as well. He was making things and I was like, crazy. And then there was some philosophies he had, like there's something he said, how do you know what the limit is if you've not reached it? Like things like that always stuck with me, right? Like little small things you picked up. So it's, it's crazy, but wow. it's just, the world works in funny ways. So literally... <laughs> two seconds if i just stayed in that room if i if i tripped yeah. down or something and then walked in i'm not an artist wow this is a wake-up call for all of us man that's you, you have to pay attention you have to but it's funny then because imagine we would have been in the same circle in the same family you know uh back home mm-hmm. i imagine like my my mother has six kids right so she, she heard so many dreams and so many you know whatever kids i want to be this and i want to be that and, and, and i understand that sometimes parents maybe lost in like okay sure okay you want to do this sure alex wants to be a sport, um, an athlete girl sure yeah but i wonder the moment you because you, for me it's, it feels like it's more than a wake up it's like a revelation i don't care if you're six six months or 10 years old and somebody in your family helped you really capture the dream you know what i mean like when they say i really believe I, I remember those times for me, but I like I really believe you can do this because to go as far as to say uh, virtually or whatever, uh, Da Vinci is my mentor. So I, literally I'm reading his life. I can see this and I, I believe. Who was the person behind you? Could be friends or family. Be like, there was a few. There was another right. accidental one. And then there's, there's, there's two more accidents I haven't told you yet. This is another accidental one. This was now, I'm in Uganda now. Because okay. I feel that I, I picked up art, but I wasn't, 
that great yet. I was good, but I wasn't like amazing yet, right? Because as a kid, is that thing of like, I think your your patience is not that high. But so so I was just like, I'm trying to remember, I'll try and ask my mom how good of an artist I was when I was still in Kenya. Because I know when I came to Uganda, it went up and I know the moment it went up and just two accidents. The first accident was now in Uganda, we're in a family home. Here now we are a bit, uh, this was now almost, we had gone above, like we were not that broke. We were not that broke yet. We were like middle-class Africa now, right? So we had mm-hmm. a big family home, but it was like the whole family, because it's like, you know how Africa is. One person gets rich, everybody's there, right? So, <laughs> so the whole family is a big family home. So grandma has a house. I think it had like six bedrooms in the main house. And then like every family had almost their own bedroom. And then the boys had theirs, the girls had theirs. It was just a yeah, thing. Because grandma has nine kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming downstairs and one of my aunties were listening to a motivational video. And I was walking past it. I just had that thing, a human mind can achieve what it is supposed to achieve. And I don't know why that stuck with me. I was like, man, let's test this out. Now, this is, we used to play, you know, you juggle the ball, like in football, right? To keep it up in the yeah. air. There was yeah. a cousin of ours who used to compete with it and he used to just wipe us every single time. And this time I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to test this thing out because I, I think I was pretty much grasping for any way to beat this guy. I went there, I was like, I'm going to believe I'm going to beat him. And I full on, I was like, I'm going to beat him. I was like, I'm going to put it full on there. And I beat him. Now, if I did not beat him, Pablo would be like, ah, this is good. But I actually won, right? And from there, I was like, holy shit, this thing works. And that built that kind of cornerstone of like self-belief. Like I've always, I think that's been one big spot I've had is that huge self-belief. And that's because I had it from when I was really young and I kind of grew up with it and different things. I always believed I could do anything I wanted to do because of that. And then now you combine that with the deputy philosophy, right? It kind of adds it up. And then that's when I started getting really good at art because I was like, oh, let me see how good I can be at drawing. I think the first really good drawing I did, uh, it's called uh, Venus something, I can't remember the exact name, but it's the one where there's a lady, she's naked, she's on a little kind of like shell looking thing and there's somebody blowing wind. I'll try and Google the exact name. I haven't looked at that one for a while. That's one. Which has a thing in my life, but I don't carry it that much, which is another <laughs> painting. Uh, <laughs> but it's called the Venus something. That's the first good drawing I did. And that thing, you know, you draw something good, everybody catches an attention to it, and you get that. That's when that loop starts. So, you know what you mean about that loop? That's when it started off, like that feedback loop of when you do something just slightly above the normal. And people are like, yo, this guy's an amazing artist, makes you feel good. So, you keep on pushing on it. So, that, that kind of started off that loop. And then I think that time my mom was back here and then I said doing some nice trails and I was getting really good now, right? That thing like, because yeah, I had that belief that I could do it. And then with also Da Vinci, I was pushing limit. So I was really pushing things, right? That combination of those two. And, and then also you add on people being like, you know, all these guys amazing at drawing. And it just kept on feeding into each other, into itself, into wow. itself. And I got better and better and better. And there's a point I reached where it was just known I was the art guy. Like in any class I go to, I'm going to draw better than anybody can do. In my family, I believe we're not really good at drawing, but it's just like a muscle in everything. It was never really something that we pushed, you know, on. But I remember in my class, and I'm talking primary school, like, you know, seven, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. I remember three of my classmates, and I can still remember even some of the drawings now mm-hmm. because they were so beautiful. Two, two guys, one girl. And I remember just being like, holy smokes, people can draw this. And I was young, you know what I mean? And I re- it, kept, it stayed with me. And I think like art, you can remember people who were really good in maths, for example, like really who were doing well or sports or anything. But I think the, 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 the link that I still have, you know, in my head, I'm not, I'm not in contact with those people yet, but 
if I were to meet them again, my, my friend, my classmates, I'll be like, I remember your drawings. And I remember that, like the feeling that it gave me back home. Mm-hmm. They went on to do different things, which is fine. But hey, you know, gifts and talent is really amazing. So this is this is back home. This is Africa. This is the art guy, let's just say. I was art I, guy I and the dancing guy. Are you going to dance? Oh, there you go. You're yeah. into creative stuff. Go ahead. Why, why dancing? The dancing one was a crazy. This, I don't know how to say this. It was like an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with the dancing one, I used to be like that really good kid. Like I was absolute sweetheart as a kid, right? Okay. And then it's almost like this one time I just changed. Because you know when you... It's called hormones. <laughs> exactly. It was that. But those are happened already. But you know, you're trying to hold on to this person. You have to like him too much. And then there was one time, because I used to go boarding school, right? So I went to do boarding school. And the person who went to do boarding school was not the person who came out in that <laughs> So it was that crazy thing. Because usually when there was like, you know, the Africa parties, when the whole family comes through. <laughs> So basically, you're telling me never send kids to boarding school. I was not planning to, but... (laughs) But it's that funny thing of during parties, it used to be me and I used to have a cousin. And we would sit like in a corner. And I don't want to call it judging people, but we used to be those guys, right? We're not really in their party. We're just there because we had to be there kind of thing. We'd be talking when we're there. And then this time, because I'd gone into school, the hormones that kicked in, let's call them that, right? Now, I was like, you know, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to come back from this side. Went in. There was a movie, Stomp There, that, that had come out. So I said, practicing on that movie, like dancing, cramping, and so on. I got good because, again, that belief thing, right? I got good. I became one of the people like, yo, this guy can dance. Because already, I was, already I was, had a weird thing. Well, I was one of the cool kids because I was a cool goalkeeper, right? I was really good in the goal and stuff like that. So I was one of the cool kids, right? But I didn't really do the things the cool kids did. <laughs> Like, I used to be the cool kid and the nerd at the same time, right? So I'd be the one acing, like, the exams and stuff. But I'm also in the cool kids when I play soccer and stuff. So it's a real balance, right? So this was actually one of those things where it kind of joined the line of where Mm. I was doing things the cool kids were doing in that the dancing thing opened up that kind of area for me in a really weird way. So I got into that. I got good. Now, I came back. I remember it was New Year's party very much, right? And I was socializing with people during the party. And I had one of my cousins told me, people asking if somebody gave me alcohol accidentally or something like that. Like, what's going on? He's supposed to be like, that's not, this is not Hamid. What's going on, right? <laughs> and then they would hold like a dancing competition. And I tell you, I blew people's minds. One of the, because you expect the person to sing. And then all of a sudden, you're socializing. Then he's dancing with people. He's dancing. Yeah. He's like killing it to the dance floor. Wow. Like, what happened? And I, and I won. It was one of those things like, that's, it's like that moment, everything kind of like shifted. Right, it was, it, was, it was almost like such a sharp shift for everybody. But for mm. me, because it was during the school, it was more gradual. Right? It was more like accepting the new me in a way. And funny enough, that actually kind of brought that thing to myself where I always allow myself to evolve as a person, to completely change. Like who I am right now versus who I am five years ago, I don't even think we'd be friends. It's like two completely different people. Mm. And I'm comfortable with that because when I did that first change there, the effects were positive, right? Now imagine when the other one was negative again. I think there's some kind of person from the future who went like, this, do this, not that, 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 right there, that will help I'm listening and in my heart, I'm like, you, you really capture things when you want to change. You're like, I want to be Da Vinci. I know for really people who don't know about Da Vinci's life, they should go and really read and see documentaries because I don't know if, I mean, in the UK, I don't know, but there is this French channel here in 
European channel actually mm-hmm. that really broadcasted like really amazing documentary it's called Arte and I remember just seeing one of them and I learned about the codex and I was like I need to I need to find it you know as if as if I... and then at the end I learned that I think if it, I'm not mistaken if this uh, the the guy who brought uh, who bought it at the time I think it was in 2000 or something it was Bill Gates mm-hmm. and he bought it for 30 million I'm like I'm gonna buy the second version of <laughs> or whatever but it's an amazing thing because he really touched on different fields it's amazing how ourselves I think we 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 imagine ourselves in one way I'm like I'm let's just say I'm an athlete you know I play hoops you know like you're more than that oh actually I'm an entrepreneur you're you now your new change or updated going back to the you know old you in your crowd in your what would you tell yourself like that's the funny thing i feel like somebody was already there whispering in my ears right so i don't think i'll change because even the things which were bad i think back at them right now they said i've been so lucky they set me up you know they taught me very valuable lessons in ways where the the heart of it was not as bad as the heart if i did not learn the lesson so it's very interesting because i was being introspective some this was a good a few months ago right and it's that time for the first time in my life to religion where i kind of accepted that i would not i'm not gonna put the expectations of people to be like me because if i run through everything that happened throughout which was completely out of my control to end up me being where i am right now i don't think it's fair is it really fair for me to expect somebody to work as hard as me if they didn't go through this Right. So I was wow. thinking through that. And that's the first time I came to that thing of some people are just going to be where they are. And that's OK. It's like no, they're not better or worse. It's just them. Let me take this on the positive side, then. Would you mm-hmm. tell yourself, go big and dream bigger? Because, I, again, um, comparing to myself, where I was mm-hmm. really fascinated by business and things that surround business, for example, mm-hmm. I always felt like, you know, I don't care where I'm from. You can be a, an African and be on a Forbes, for example, list and kind of set an example to, to the continent or to, to the world that, you know, rich Africans do exist. And I think up until at the end of high school, I was like, it's doable, I, you know. And then I start seeing the list of Africans. I was like, oh, okay, it's just hidden, you know, it was just hidden. Yeah. But if I look back, I think I will have said, because I have, I still have crazy dreams. Like I, the people I talk to, they're like, Alex, come on, come on, Alex, come on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. I, I, yeah, these crazy dreams. Yeah, it's 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 impossible for me to be like if you tell me like if you had told me a ten because mm-hmm. I think we're all fascinated by by the by space you know in general. If you had told me there will be someone who will try to create a rocket or whatever ship to send human beings, not animals, to mm-hmm. Mars, I'd have said like there you go. That's called the end of the Earth. You know, Jesus is coming back. The second coming is now. And then I'm 34, <laughs> and then the guy is literally alive, I think, well, and alive, you know, healthy and stuff. And it could be in my own lifetime, mm. even my parents' lifetime, if I think about it, right? Mm. And I think just reading bios and bios, because I read a lot of bios, and I remember like thinking at some point, I was like, what is stopping me? You know what I mean? Like, why can I go crazy? crazy like you know what I mean because you try to compare yourself like oh Burundi is this far uh, compared to Rwanda and Uganda and this and this and then I reached a point I was like 
I mean, I don't care if I want to go into different, different fields. Cause I, I think I, at some point I set myself, I saw myself being an entrepreneur, but I didn't know how, I didn't have the words. I didn't know even exactly the fields. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly who I am now. And as you said, like, I think it was more like last week, I just sat and I remember like what I thought I was doing, I would be doing at 15. I think I am now, you know, I think literally it's crazy. You're like, I'm touching different fields. And trust me, media for me was something that was so foreign. I'm like, there's no, like, what is garage band? I don't know. I just, you know, you know, and then talking to people from different fields, you know, nowadays you could say zooming with people. I was super shy when I was younger. I was super, super shy. I'll do my thing, go home and, you know, don't talk to me. Maybe friends will tell you otherwise. But for me, I'm like, I'm really good at staying at home. I will even, yeah, I will say, I will t- tell myself, Alex, just go crazy. Go with the dreams because people who are around you, may not understand you, you know. And I still know people who said, Alex, I think you could do in this place it's not to dismiss others because i know i know honestly that it's not easy it's not an easy fit for you let me take you back again to uh the lion king because the lion king as someone who saw it in africa as well we all remember the movie you know like i can tell i can say the cartoon because it's you know it's like a proper thing although i have to say i saw it in danish (laughs) (laughs) my friends were danish and we had to watch it in danish so never watch it in french Mm-hmm. But I remember, you know, with the the things that were happening on the screen, we did cry, you know? And it was like, oh, translate, my friend. I have no idea. <laughs> but you could sense it and you could sense the emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, everything is going so fast. Like the quality of the thing, like even ge- video games. Sometimes I'm watching video games. I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to be part of that. I have no idea how it works, you know? Let me take you back to the storytelling then, because now you're talking like really technical stuff. What is happening behind closed doors? What did you, what did you work on The Lion King, for example? The Lion King. Yeah. So my field then was, uh, say of my career, I think call it, I think creature, I'm sure I summarize everything, right? Because it's three things mainly. It's sure. 3D modeling, which is pretty much, almost I like, think of it like digital clay to create the characters and so on. And then rigging was where that was like one of my big specialties, right? That was a big specialty for me. So that is pretty much adding the bones, the muscles, the skin, making sure everything moves correctly. So it's very scientific. Again, that's, if you think about Da Vinci, I always want to balance art and science. I always have both of them, right? So that's why I went to do that. Because a lot of coding in that as well, a lot of, you have to know the biology of how, like I can draw, I don't know if I have that in a minute, but I could draw all the muscles in the human body and most animals from memory, right? The most of the big muscles, they're really tiny ones, I'll group them apart. I could literally, skeleton, hit it down, muscles, hit it down. General fat layers, I could draw that off memory, right? So it's that because you have to know that kind of level depth to create those forms. That's why they feel so real. It's because you have all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was working on in Lion King, it was mostly that rigging. Uh, that was in Lion King and the rest. So it's pretty much making sure that muscles move correctly, create, pretty much creating the muscles, the skeleton, uh, the skin, making sure the skin moves correctly on everything else and things like that. So let me take you back before we you go into the details. I, I'll take you, you know, in nowadays, how do you apply to school and say, I want to, you know, I don't know. I want to do this. Obviously you were in London at that time. Yeah. But tell me, tell me. <laughs> from... I'm a heart attack. Because I'm one of the smart kids, remember? And then obviously yes. I was thinking I'm either going to be a doctor, but of I, course. I left the doctor one because it was that thing of, uh, I didn't do really good with blood. Like, 
I'm not a fan of catching other people's blood. It's <laughs> been that way, right? Because you know, we used to play football back home and we we're playing it on tarmac sometimes. And he's always wounded and stuff. Like my nails are messed up because of oh, that. Yeah. It's, it's that thing of like, it's that. But anytime I touch someone else's blood, I'm like, ah. Oh. I was like, I'm not going to be a doctor. I was like, no. But I kind of settled on architect because that was like art and science combined. Now I come to the UK. The way I came to the UK was very abrupt. I got a visa to come live with my mom as a child. Mm-hmm. I was 17 turning 18. Now we did, it just hit, the relation just hit that if I turn 18 before I come here, that visa doesn't work anymore. So I was starting, you know the, you know the struggle, because this was S4. You know the struggle of studying for the final exams for two, <laughs> bruh. But if the, if, I wish I was told, and then not doing it. Going <laughs> through all the mocks, the late nights. <laughs> I could have been partying with the other Why be so serious in high school? Why? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? I was just like, if I knew, if only I knew, right? Because usually I try and pace myself. I always try and again, I'm, I'm always one of the cool kids, but I also chill with it. Not just always have a good balance. Funny, my little sister is trying to have that balance as well. So I think it's maybe something inside us because I didn't teach her that, which I really like, right? Where it's like, you always with these crazy people here, but you always also you make sure you get the good grades and stuff like that, right? That's one of the... If I have regrets in life, I wish I parted more those last two months. I wish I was told two months before, just, bruh, you're going London, you're not gonna do the exam, don't worry about it. Because <laughs> I was studying and I knew I was traveling. I think I was told, I think two weeks before I flew out. Oh, wow. So in my whole life, imagine that changing two weeks like that, right? Obviously, I only say telling our people, either two weeks, even a week and a half. I don't think it was a full two weeks. That's right crazy. now, I'm, I start telling friends that hey, I'm gonna be traveling. I'm going to UK. I'm not coming back. I'm going for good public comeback here for holidays. I only tell like two friends. Uh, a teacher knew, and then I think he told somebody because now the things start spreading. Now, because I wanted to control them, people who come to me because I again yeah. kind of like a mini celeb in the school. People know you, so and then the people start calling in. Hamid, you going? Da, 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 da. I'm getting letters because I used to, I went to Saint Lawrence, right, and yeah. there's like five regions of the school. But let us come in. I'm like, bruh, who took, took this thing out? Who stole this thing out, right? And this is a funny thing because people knew I was coming to the UK and I'm going to stay here. My suitcase was pretty much on the last day, pretty much raided. But like, you're going to the UK, you don't need this. Just, just I, I came from Uganda to UK to live here. Everything of mine fit in the hand luggage. I had like a few t shirt jeans, I had like a book, a few pens. My sketchbook, somebody was touching because I was like, don't even dare. <laughs> oh yeah i came with those and the pencils so it was a crazy one and then imagine that for that short period of time and then just switch switch you know in a wow. different place you know no one everybody i know is like my mom's friends are like 30 40 50 yeah. years old yeah right i'm like by then again remember i just turned 17 i'm just turning 18 so it was a really weird switch right there coming through that was a big one now to come to the there right now, at the college, obviously, now I'm looking for a course because I did not do the S4, right? I have to come to college now. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around for a course. And there was a kind of like an open day. There's a college called West Ham's College. And then I bump into the test of animation and game design. I see it. And that's when the first realization that I could actually make this comes to mind. Because at first, I was just thinking maybe art or something along these lines. And then I tell my mom, I'm going to go for that. Her face is like, holy shit. But she's, she's being supportive, right? She's like, make sure you have backup, blah, 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 and all the things like that, right? She's being supportive, but in her face, you could be like, 
she did not expect that. She was expecting something else. <laughs> so that's how I got into that. Bless her, she was really supportive, but it was it was very risky. So that's how we say the animation game design. That's how I got into that. And then obviously, uh, because I was coming in with functional skills, which is they don't consider as good as GCSEs. So oh, okay. what I had to, that's double math and English, right? But then I have that course, which is a, I applied for the unis, but my goal was I want to get a distinction in every single subject. That's pretty much like an A plus in every single thing. Nailed it. Dear matter if I like this subject or didn't, I was like, I'm going to nail every single thing. I knew I was coming from a black place. I wanted to come to go to one of the best unis for it to give myself the best chance. Because already the probabilities are very low if you think about becoming that, right? So I wanted to also give my mom confidence <laughs> that this mm. didn't work out. So that's what I did. Can, can you tell the, again when you talk about the timing in your life and you look back to, let's just say, two weeks, 10 days, two weeks, your life changed and the timing to finding that there is an animation course? Like, There's a bit of a gap there. So it happened, that was about I think three months after I'd been living here. So I was just living with my mom, uh, with my because my little sister was young then. So I was being okay. with my little sister. I was a stay-at-home dad. Right, to my little sister. Stay-at-home brother. brother. <laughs> yeah, yo, it was crazy. Because she was really, wow. she's much younger than me. Oh, okay. Our kids are. This is one of the things she pissed me off when she was young, but she'll be happy with me. That time she called me dad, I was like, Daisy, I'm not your dad. <laughs> but you're around. <laughs> I know, right? But that was, a, I had to have that inside. But that was a very funny one. Like, even right now when she jokes about it, still, it nags at me, it annoys me. Because you know? so, I pretty much raised her, right? Changed her okay. papers, made her food. Oh, yeah. Like I learned that quick. Because I'm, I'm from Africa, I'm a boy. You know, we're not even allowed in the kitchen. We think my mom cooked, right? So they're not really around kids like that. But I learned everything quick because we had to, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And even when we were, when I came here first, we were staying in, I'm sure I remember, this one memory is a bit fuzzy, right? Because I know there's a time when a house and the time we were all staying in one room. I don't mm. know which came first. I don't know if the house was in the holidays and then the one room was when I moved here. I think the one room was when I moved here. So all of us, my living room right now is bigger than the room I am staying in, me, my mom, and your oh, sister, wow. in like yeah. a house. And we're sharing the kitchen. There's another lady she owned the house. So it's a really, funny enough, it's, and it didn't feel like we were poor still. Yeah. Even when I came from here, and it was really weird. I didn't realize when I, was, I only realized how, quote, unquote, poor we were, because I don't feel like we, right? When I went to the investor's house, about, I think, three years ago, I went to our investor's house in Bond Street, and I saw how big the house was. I was like, oh, we broke. Yeah, we were broke. <laughs> <laughs> But even then, it's really weird because in uh, Africa, you don't even think you're poor if you don't have a place to sleep and you don't have food. And here, like, we're having meat all the time. Back home, meat is like a luxury almost, right? Yeah. Like, every kid gets two pieces. That's it. <laughs> Over here, I could have, like, 20 if I wanted to. So I didn't feel poor. Oh, I actually felt like, I was like, yo, this is, this is amazing. Almost the whole first year when I was here, I barely drank any water. I was only on soft drinks. Oh yes, I put on weight. I feel a lot of weight. That's because back home, that's right. like a luxury. Yeah, it's that's... like you can have it every day if you want to. Um, I mean, I still get it. It's like every summer when I was, I mean, every summer, every time I, I came back in Europe, I'll be like, so where's the coke? Like, mm-hmm. nope, we should be doing that. <laughs> and it's such a, it's just, yeah, it's such a great story, man. But it's funny. It's funny because it's true. It, it, it's yeah, things change anyway. But yeah, animation course. Like now you're to, imagine you're talking to an African parent right now, right? Because uh-huh. what I like about Parole is that we take all these people who are doing unusual jobs, you know, unusual careers, like what is this? Mm-hmm. And you're talking really to a parent who is 
I would not say not willing to let the kid go mm-hmm. into your into your path, but just doesn't understand exactly what is going on. You know, you could talk about video games and talk about all these e-game players, and I don't know if it's I can't say e-athletes, but mm-hmm. they're like you're gonna sit in front of the TV for like ten hours straight. Uh, I don't get it. Like, and then you're gonna get you know thousands and thousands of euros per month or per year, millions per year sometimes speak to them they're like i don't know it's something i've been thinking about a lot recently i guess because um i'm trying to see if i can start dating seriously and stuff like that right so uh-huh. i think about everything i was like if i have a kid what do you do and we had that conversation and i really thought about it and i think it's a two-edged sword for the parents right it's two sides so one sometimes you're correct that kid shouldn't be there because sometimes that's a cop because some people mm-hmm. the only reason they're doing that is because they're lazy it's not like a passion to it. It's more like, this is the easiest thing to do, so this is what I want you to do. Like, if you think about art class back in high school or something like that, a lot of people in art class because it wasn't a difficult thing, not because that's what they wanted to do. So that'll be the first thing to see. Is like, is it really, this is, just, is it just a way out for the kid, an easy way out, or is it something they really want? That'll be the first level of it, right? And after that's accomplished of, this is what they really want, we go to the other side now, where it's, are they really going to be, because most of these fields of the rare jobs, very few people make it. Like, for example, I made it, even if I come from Africa. There are people who grew up in this country, who have been studying in this country for a long time, or working in Sainsbury's, who did the same job as me. Sainsbury's is like a little supermarket. You don't, have, you don't need to have a degree to work in Sainsbury's. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that is there as well. So to be able to, you have to be able to see if this kid, okay, there has to be some kind of evidence to show they have the fire inside them to direct their own lives. Because most of these weird careers, you have to almost be able to solve, you have to be able to solve parent yourself. Like you have to be able to be like, you have to, time to work now. I have to go to bed in time. There's a meeting at this time. I have to be there at this time. There is this that. You have to be able to solve parent yourself, right? And make sure the important things get done. Some things obviously are flexible. You're a kid, hey, you're mm. gonna make some mistakes, right? But you have to, the ability to do that. And if they have the real passion, if, if they have both of those, I'll tell them to do it. I still say have a backup, but it's never guaranteed. Still talk to the kids about having a backup in a way, right? And always being, don't just be one thing. That's my general philosophy. Like, for example, I'm an artist. Uh, let me say, I can draw, which is concept art, right? Most companies are, most, okay, most concept artists, they'll have some 3D modelers, but there'll never be any riggers among those people who can draw, right? Now, I rig, I can code as well. Okay. So I'm spread out. So I have yeah. options in how my life can go forward. So I would say spreading themselves out where they're not just that one thing. So just in case things blow up, because I don't want to have this as a survivorship bias where because I made it, I think everybody can make it. I get temporary yeah. where other people are not going to be able to make it. Just mm-hmm. So I'll just evaluate those little things there. If everything is like an X, I'm sorry, bro, go, go do, go, go, like go be an accountant, bro. At least have a good life. <laughs> At least you're going to have sure. the money. Sure. A lot of people like the romance of doing these things. They don't understand the struggle of doing them. And it's more or less, if somebody's not willing to go through the struggle and going to stick to it long enough for it to produce fruit, I really don't think they, they should be doing it. You can do it as a hobby and then see how it works out. That'll be, that, that's my advice. Very long answer, but... No, 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 it's true. I mean, I think the, the problem with people, and it's I don't think it's only for kids or um, teenagers, but I think in general for people is to say, oh, this, you know, I've seen this on TV. This is easy. I'm like, sure, because that person is cooking. You think you, <laughs> you have... 30 40 years of experience as a 
because we're in France, uh, as a French cook, you know, who has three Michelin stars and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, because I saw it on France. De... You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is literally professional and professional. Mm-hmm. How about people who then are willing to do those sacrifices or really to discipline themselves at the end of the day mm-hmm. and say, but you know what? I am in Burundi. I am in DRC and I'm surrounded like around me. There's no mentorship. There's no one who understands. And and I have a computer. Yes, I do have a computer. I don't have the latest. No, no, no. What can I do? Are there classes online? You know, are there people yeah. I can reach out to? I, I don't know, social media and kind of. I'm going to be brutal. If you're all those things, you already found your answers. We, when the information age, the information is very easy to find. The problem is doing. Most people today, the problem is what the information problem is doing. Like literally right now, you can, I don't even know, but I'm willing to bet. You can go on Google, how to become an animator in Africa. I bet you some answers are gonna come up where you find some of this stuff. I've, I've never Googled that, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> you can find mm. that as a good stuff because the internet is there, right? It's a lot more prominent right now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is for saying those things. If they have social media of any kind, if you have that, you have, trust me, you're, you're in a good place. It's just more or less, it's an, okay. I'll give them this grace where it's going quite a little bit unfair where you'd have to find all those things by yourself, but they're still out there. So if you really want to and you're willing to risk it, you can easily find them. It's doable. All right. Yeah, so, like I'm never going to give you that advice. Google it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, all the answers true. are there. Yeah. That's true. That's true. All right. So let me take you back then to your first job. Okay, because again, because you, you're going into a path that makes no sense whatsoever for the people around you, but you do understand who is, you know, the best of the best in your area. And how do you explain that you're doing well to people who don't even know what you're doing? You know, are you a Da Vinci? Are you a Hombrand? Are you, they don't know, a Van Gogh, they're like, why buff? You know, as we say in French, how did you come up with the first work? How did you manage to say like, this is it? Not even money-wise, but like, I'm working with these people. I can um, die happy, basically. Most people don't care, and they don't blame them. <laughs> like the same <laughs> way, if somebody came to me and they're like, "Yo, I'm gonna be a professional hockey player," good for you, bro. <laughs> right? There are the people who care about the people who don't care about it. So yeah. the people who care about it kind of know what to measure it on, and those are what you really look at. And I'd say. Generally, I think this is more keep it to yourself. Uh, surround yourself with the people who you think would need around you. So the people who are around you really matter a lot. They either pull you up or pull you down, right? So have more people pulling you up. And then even if it's 50-50, because so, you want to have people pulling you up, you want to have people on your level who you want to be better than, who you're competing with, and you want to have people who you're helping at the bottom as well. Because helping them usually, it's a very funny loop. When you help somebody, it usually teaches you more. In other words, mm-hmm. you tend to understand the thing a little bit more. So you're helping them and you're still learning more. And then these people who you're competing with, uh, it's gonna sound harsh, trying to dominate them, clear them out. I always do that. And then the people above you are people who show you the directions and show you the possibilities of what's up there. So that's how I look at it. So in terms of telling people how you're being successful, I don't care, man. Like I'll be like, oh, because the, the universal one is a money one. All right, that's a universal show of yeah. being well. Money is usually one. Two, just general life satisfaction. If you can, if you meet somebody who is at peace, is happy. Like if you meet a monk, you will not be like, right, they're not doing well. Even if they're happy, because <laughs> you can tell they're at peace that they have everything they need, right? And they're not complaining about anything. Mm. You know, when you go to somebody, if you watch a video and somebody's shouting at somebody, and that person just like, 
Because they know, they're like, I'm good, man. You just stress yourself. <laughs> so the universal one is really money and the peace you are at yourself. And if, you're, if that's you, usually you're fine. If you think about it, if most people complain, I usually lack in something. Oh, that, oh, big time. That's that, that's definitely true. But at the same time, for me, I'm wondering for p- people who, mm. like, because I study hospitality, for example, they didn't understand. I- I'm really grateful for the parents that really understood my work. Mm-hmm. But people around me, for example, they'll be like, so what do you mean? What is like, oh, I- I'm going to work. I'm going to intern for this company. They're like, wow, okay. You have to be in a hospitality uh, hospitality sphere to understand if I say, I, don't, I guess at this point, Lohitz or Bristol or, you know, in the UK, I guess it'd be Lansborough, you know, really amazing uh, hotel, the Goring and stuff. For you, what was it that time where people were like, ooh, I saw you on The Predators, for example. Oh, I saw, you know, your name. Oh. I, I know you worked on this or Dumbo or things like that. That was one, funny enough, that was one. So you might show my name in the credits. There you go. It was the credits of film. That's one that shows. Obviously, when you're in newspapers, you're in, you're in articles, BBC, CNN, writing about oh, you. Okay. Yeah. That one is like a universal shot. Because the, <laughs> the one in the credits, some people are like, oh, that's nice. Some people don't get it, right? Uh-huh. And then some people get it, they're like, oh, damn, yo, that's sick. And then now the one which is a universal one against social proof, I think, when the Disney announcement happened. And the announcement was made by the chief creative officer of Disney. And they called out my name, called out Zeke's name, and told his name, like, but our names. They never really do that if you think about it, right? And it's a big deal. So okay. that that clip going out there, and then you see BBC wrote about it, CNN wrote about it. This pretty much every single person wrote about it, right? That is like, yo, this guy's doing big things. And then I had a full spread page from the Uganda newspaper that wrote about it as well. So it's like those little things that was not sure. It's like, oh, this guy matters. But even then, funny enough, some people are like, oh, this guy nice, just doing a Disney show. It doesn't hit that big for them. <laughs> but I don't blame them either. It's like. If somebody, I'll give an example, like a friend of mine, um, he's a data scientist, right? He, he lives in the apartment, like the, I think it's like two floors below me in terms uh-huh. of other buildings, a pretty big apartment. He was telling me about some things and the two of them, you saw them, they're talking and you can see they're blowing each other's minds. I'm just here like, cool. <laughs> like, you know, I don't expect them to, you get it? Like, I wouldn't yeah. expect, I wouldn't put that to them. It's like, some people are going to understand it, some people are not. It's not your job to make them understand it. If it's some, for example, my mom, she doesn't, she didn't really understand what I do. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, oh, this is those things Hamid does. That's how she describes it. <laughs> like it's not that's beautiful. Yeah, like I told her about everything that happened, right? The only time that it felt really big for her was when this uh, chief credit officer of Disney was announcing that we're gonna be working with them. That one you could see it blew her mind. But all the other things we did before, it was just like, oh nice. You could tell she was happy, but it was like, okay. What <laughs> are those things you like sure? <laughs> wow that's amazing okay so did you make new friends then because people who are like oh this is going well yeah how does uh drake, drake put it like and fake friends or something like that but we're not dismissing i have fake friends i know i mean uh i have friends because <laughs> i always have a very diverse friend group i i pride myself in that like mm-hmm. i have friends <laughs> i have friends who are never put in the same room like so many of them right so i keep people because i like to talk to people who have Okay, one people who are very have strong beliefs, right? And because human beings are rational creatures, if you have a strong belief, it's a way you rationalize it. I like to understand that. Now, even if it doesn't make sense to me, it makes sense to them. I'm like, oh, cool, that makes me understand that kind of person. So I have a very diverse friend group. So even right now, I have a very diverse friend group. It's just you pretty much add another friend group, so I know what what to talk about with these people. Because there's some friends I can't talk about some things because it just just sounds like I'm sure about. 
okay. Like, you know, you're talking yeah. to somebody and their face are like, why are you showing off from? Right. Kind of thing, yeah. right? So I, mean, I make sure I can like put that down. And the first I talk to about that, and that's like just another day. Yeah. So I make okay. sure I talk to the right people. Oh, ah, that's great. Okay. Is one of your friends uh, Bob Iger or? Ah, or not but I wouldn't call him a friend. I think somebody who I think at some point I'll probably be able to call a friend, probably the president of the Disney, Walt Disney Animation Studio, the animation studio itself. Oh, okay. I've spoken to him a few times and uh, we look like we would definitely click. Even the chief creative officer, we definitely look like we would click, but mm-hmm. they're super busy. I'm super busy. It's like, but by the time we only meet, if it's necessary kind of thing yeah but you know but you know when you're clicking with people yeah that's kind of thing. so it's one of those so we that's... click but when meet but if we're looking about like high end of disney bob Iger, I, I don't uh i only saw him once and he's doing a pitch and he had to he okay. literally came from our meeting he went to straight for another meeting after <laughs> the pitch so those it was, people are busy man those I people know. are busy yeah oh my goodness all right so let me take you then to the why the kugali media how it came up to be because you're having this amazing experience uh, working, you know, in, as an employee, let me just put it this way, mm-hmm. working on really amazing projects. How did you come up with that? Obviously saying like, oh, we have really great storytellers. No, like mm-hmm. how? Like the, the conversation that came up to conversations. Uh, so in terms of Kugali, the first step, because all of us had different ways we wanted to, different reasons we wanted to start in Kugali. So, for example, me personally, it was because I told you the whole thing of I wanted to elevate the visual storytelling in Africa, right? That was my reason. Tolua and Ziki started off, kind of, Kugali had a different name before it was Kugali. It was, were, I can't say it correctly, but it was a little podcast, and Tolua and Ziki are pretty much the comic book geeks, the new chapter from when we were young, and pretty much they were trying to find good African storytellers, good comic book artists in Africa. So I would talk to a lot of people from all over Africa, from online. And then uh, they said change to Kugali, that's when I jumped in. So that kind of became Kugali as we know it right now. That's the transition of that. But it was just that we all just had similar goals, not exactly the same. Point of origins, I know Tolu just wanted to do something awesome. Ziki uh, wanted to, was it, he hates this story, I don't know why, but one of his young brothers was drawing comic book characters, right? And the character turns out to be, uh, like he would only draw white characters. And Ziki was like, why don't you do any African characters? Then the younger brother was like, they're not cool. Yeah. And then Ziki was like, I'm going to try and find some cool characters. Okay. Is that one of the things? So that was one of the motivations. That's the one that sounds really good for people who like that kind of story. Mm. So it was one of those. So was Ziki's side. For my side, it was more like, I'm working on cutting edge of visual entertainment. From, but from back home, our best efforts are laughable. Like I think the story of one where I was sharing it to some of my colleagues was one of the pushes that made me leave the company to start my own thing was, they roasted this animation, which I thought was cool from Africa. I knew it was, they roasted it justifiably. If I was on that side, I would be roasting it as well. Let's <laughs> put it that way, right? So I, I'm not blaming them for that. But it was the other thing of like, really, our best efforts are roastable and there are people who are roasting it are not wrong. It's like if some old cow goes into somebody who is singing like a strangling duck, you're like, that's it, bruh, you, you, you brought yourself there, kind of thing. That's how it felt like. So that was my motivation. Mm. And then it's one of the things where you just start step by step. I, I, funny enough is, I kind of believed it would be big. I just didn't think it would be this quick. Because if you think about it, it's just only been like four years. And the amount that's happened in that time is pretty mind-blowing. That's amazing. What is your project in five years then? Uh, five years from now. From now, yeah. One, we want to make a more sustainable industry uh, in terms of entertainment industry in Africa itself. 
Mm-hmm. So we want us to be sustainable in, in ourselves because that way it gives us a bit more opening to create exactly the stories we want to create just for Africans, right? So for example, there's some cultural things in the West that in Africa doesn't mean anything. So let's say if a character had a red bandana in their pocket, another had a blue bandana and they're fighting, in the US, the context is blood and crips. Yeah. But in Africa, we don't care. So in other words, it allows us to kind of do things like that without having to think about it at all in that we can just tell them, but this is, a, even if the people here are complaining, the people here will be like, nah, we're good. So in other words, it, it allows us to be a lot more, in other words, we don't have to think about anybody else if we have control on this side. We can do exactly how we want, exactly how we want it, right? And we want to grow that as much as possible. Because first we have the privilege to do that, but I'm pretty sure most people don't, right? So wow. it's just being able to grow that as like an economy in Africa, the creative economy. That's one. Two, it's connected to creating, uh, growing the creative economy in a way where we want to create a really big animation from Africa, like just purely African, that will blow people's minds. Yeah. Like one where like, when you go, I don't know, Oscars or wherever, and people are just like, rah, like this, we didn't That's even know this dope. was possible. Like yeah. we really want to push it where people don't even, like we want people to think it's a lie. You know, something so good, you're wow. like, it's a lie. That's what we want. Come so that will be me possibly. So that will be the two things, like creative economy in Africa and then just creating something absolutely incredible. Wow. So we'll be following whatever you guys are dropping because this is great. This is great. So my last question, because I know the movie is dropping this year. Next year? No, 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 no. no. This one I'm going to tell you, Black Panther. Oh, yeah. How is, yeah. How is it going? How do, how, what are your expectations of the movie? I don't know. <laughs> um, Safe bets. I'm a little scared, uh-huh. but Marvel has shown enough track record that they know how to handle things. So I trust Marvel. But if it's anybody else doing it and not Marvel doing it, I would have not had faith in it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but because I trust Marvel's track, track record doing it, and they've handled a few things which were tricky very well. So I want to see how they do this. How the story is kind of... Is it the story or just... Make- no, maybe the whole the, thing. The whole thing. Oh, because remember they had to really change, right? Yeah, absolutely. Chadwick, uh, yeah, rest in peace, right? He passed away, but that changes a lot of things. Yeah, and one one thing that kind of create cripples a lot of creative projects is something called Einstein lag. That's pretty much when you have an idea about something which we just set because a while back, and then because it worked then, you almost forget to reevaluate it even if it's still working now. And if it's such a big change, all of a sudden, there's a lot of little bits of Iceland land that stay back. That's why if you look at a project that was played around a lot, it just looks like it doesn't make sense because always little bits of things which got stuck. Like, that was fine. We didn't change that. Then we only change a few things here and there. So, but let's see how it plays out. So I, I'm nervous for it. I'm actually really nervous for it. Yeah. Okay. So because I didn't have a lot of expectation at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and I, blo- I was blown away, blown away, I mean. Uh, yeah, it took me the to first another. Was good. I, honestly, I was like, please, really, please. I, it took me a month to go to the movies or something like that. Really, somebody invited me because <laughs> I, I know I, I thought it was going to be that black story of Africans, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I don't have that time for that. Of them, <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of, of the actors are American. They're gonna use uh, African accent, and I wasn't really in that mood. I was like, no way. And a friend of mine was like, let's go, let's watch it. And I went there. I was like, oh, okay. There you go. Good. This is Funny good. Thing. 
it's not one of my best Marvel movies, but I really enjoyed it. I, exactly. I wish they changed one thing. Uh-huh. I really wish they focused more on T'Challa and uh, Killmonger. I wish, oh, yeah. I, I wish they reduced uh, what's the name? whole... Uh, what's his name? Forgotten his name now. Ulysses <laughs> Claw. Yeah. I, I wish they reduced his part. I wish that part was like 30 minutes in the beginning. That's it. Maybe <laughs> like 15. And then because that okay. conflict between the two of them was uh... beautiful, man. I enjoyed it. Like when that conflict ramped up between the two of them, I was like, that was sweet. So I, it's one of the things where it's a good movie, but because I saw that, I was like... To be honest, it's not like the best of the best in terms of storytelling, but I think it it put Africa oh, on a certain uh, level where I'm like, what? Yeah. Now I want to visit the, the continent just because of that. Anyway, but to say that they can hire us, Hamid, Hamid and Alex to do the script and the storytelling. <laughs> Marvel, you know where to find us. It's all good. Exactly. You know, I can do the voiceover. I can do that in French, in Kirundi, for the African, you know, we can do the African voice as well. I'm just saying. We are here, <laughs> available. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for your time. And uh, hey, we'll be following, dropping links, everything will be on, um, on point. And what can we wish for you as a person? What can you wish for me? Yeah. Keep pushing and keep pushing hard because uh, the goals are really big. Yeah. I know there are crazy goals I have on my end for me personally. Uh, the, I find that I think my goals I have for myself are bigger than goals for Mugali, which is crazy because Mugali right. is a whole company and I'm building almost a whole company around myself. So just hopefully I stay sane because I'm really pushing myself. Hopefully I stay sane. Just pray for me to stay sane. That is. Let me not go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give you a week to go crazy when things are going well and then go yeah. back to work. Can we invest in the company? Are you taking investors in or are you okay? Kugali, um, I want to talk about we are by very, very high level with what we're going to go for soon. So if you're an oh. investor, coming in uh, with about, I think, minimum half a million. Um, I mean, it costs a lot to do your things, man. Yeah, minimum half a million dollars. We can start a conversation. Let's just start the conversation. Below that, so there you go les amis you know where to find him thanks a lot have a great day and we'll send a million on your way i appreciate it i'll be waiting (laughs) Uh, it's recorded as well (laughs) bye